us pray. We'll get into it. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your wisdom, God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit just moving in this place, God. Just open our hearts to receive from you, be able to hear what you're saying, and we just uh, we give you praise and we give you glory for being a good God and loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Feels like I haven't been here in a while. Well, I've been here, but I haven't been up here. Things get things get weird on Saturday sometimes at our house. So, um, yeah, yeah. If you want to know more, you can ask me later. But it's not a big deal. Well, I shouldn't say that's not a big deal. So, um, I'm in a well pit on I don't even know what day it was. I'm working on the well. It was Saturday. I fixed it, and then some some this guy over here. Waits till I'm in the well pit up to my like ankles in mud. And he's like, now that I've got you here. And I'm like, really? You got me? He's, I'm trapped in a well pit. And he's like, hey, um, would it be okay if I uh, marry your daughter? I'm like, I just take the lid and I shut it on myself real quick. But no. <laughs> I finally had to come out when the oxygen got really low. But, um, and then, and I just said yes so I could open the door. Um, but, so. Yeah, I, I gave permission, begrudgingly a little bit, but I gave him permission. But you know, So, if it makes her happy, I guess, you know. But anyway, all right, so Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says this, For the by the grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing or, or works. It is the gift of God, not a result of doing anything so that you may not boast. That's pretty straightforward there. Nothing you do, can make can get you that salvation card or earn salvation. I, I love how he just puts it bluntly, like you can't earn salvation. Nothing you do, no matter how much money you give, how much time you donate, no matter how good of a person you are, nothing by your own works. Paul says, what is it? All of my works are like what? Filthy rags. And if you really study into that, you don't even want to know what that talks about. Um, that is a, it's, it's really disgusting what he's actually talking about, but he says all my works, nothing is compared to what God can give me. I can't do anything. My own works is nothing. So salvation is a free gift to us. It's like, hey, it's there. Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. A lot of people just don't have a, don't understand. Some people are like, well, I don't have a ring doorbell. I can't see Jesus standing at the door. You know, it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. It's, uh, he stands at our heart at the door and he goes, anybody there? Penny, Penny. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong person. Um, wrong person there. But he knocks at the door and he says, hey, I'm right here, let me in. It's our choice to invite him in. So he, here's the thing is, is, when he knocks at the door, it's not that he's a stranger. Our hearts know him. It's that we haven't accepted him. So it's not like some stranger's at the door going, hey, pizza delivery, and it's like 2 a.m., like, I didn't order pizza. I got a pizza here for you. No, he's, he stands at the door and goes, hey, Matt, it's me. And you're like, oh, I know that voice. He goes, Jordan, it's me. And you're like, wait a minute. I, under, I know that voice. You may not understand who he is. You may not have accepted him and let him in, but you know that voice. It's like, you ever met somebody or, or heard somebody and you're like, I know that voice. Where do I know that voice from? That's what it is. It's Jesus knocking on our door going, Hey, you know me, but I want you to let me in so you can get to know me better. Because our spirits all know who he is because he created us. 
So it's, 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 it's recognizing the voice of God knocking at our heart when he says, hey, salvation is a free gift. All we have to do is let him in and accept it. it I talked about this a couple weeks ago. When you have a gift, you don't just leave it in the, you know, we don't wrap gifts anymore. We just throw them in a bag and throw some paper on top. And we're like, ta-da, I did it. Um, you know, you don't, you don't wrap something really nice. It's like we're, we got real lazy. We're like, hey, I uh, went shopping for you, and I bought a bag at Dollar General and threw some weird colored paper on top of it. It's for you. You're like, yeah. Um, we don't wrap gifts anymore, do we? I mean, like at Christmas we might, but it's like it's just easier just to throw it in the bag, put a piece of tape over and go, here you go. I got it for you. And um, I thought about you. Um, and But we don't leave a gift like at Christmas when you have that night. You always got that one person in your family or you know that wraps gifts really nice and you're all like just tape it up and nice gift. You're not going to just let it sit on the counter and go, hmm, I wonder what is in that. And never open it up. Because here's the thing is if you don't open it up and find out what's in it, how do you apply it and use it in your own life? It's like even if you know what it is, and I think some people know what the gift is, but they don't use it. Like, okay, so my wife wants one of those mixers. I don't know, whatever, the KitchenAid mixers. If I told her, hey, there's a KitchenAid mixer in this, and she just left it on the counter and says, I love that KitchenAid mixer, what good does it do her? It does nothing for her. It does. She can't use it for baking, can't use it to um, do whatever KitchenAid mixers do. I don't know. I don't mess with them. Um, but mixing things, yeah. Um, but if she didn't unwrap it and actually use it, plug it in and use it, what good is it? It's not good. So salvation is a gift for us, but we have to unwrap it. We have to, when Jesus goes, we have to, hey, come on in. You think about this. When he's talking to Zacchaeus, what does he do? He goes, hey, dude, come on down. We're going to go to your house today. What did Zacchaeus have to do? Zacchaeus had to let him into his house. He had to let him into a, an intimate place in his life where he ate and he slept. And so he had to let that in. And then Jesus said, I have something for you. So when we look at salvation, it's nothing we do. It's nothing that we can earn, nothing that we can, you know, there's not a punch card, you you, you know, get 12, get the 13th for free kind of thing. Um, But what do we do with that grace? Um, Romans 5, 17 through 21 says this, for it is one man's trespasses, death reigned throughout one man. And that's talking about Adam's sin. Adam's sin made sin reign through our, all of us. Every one of us. None of us are perfect. None of us have ever um, never sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Death reigned through one man. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness in life through one man, Jesus Christ. So what Paul is saying is sin reigned in all of us because of what Adam did. But there's a free gift of Jesus Christ that righteousness may be given to us in, I should say this, given to us, emplaced in us, so that when Jesus is standing there and the Father says, you know, who are, oh wait, I know those people. They have my righteousness because they accepted you. That gift is, Jesus is the mediator between that. Jesus is like the gift giver, and God was like, I have a gift, and Jesus is like, let me give that to them for you. Because God always has to have someone to mediate that gift. Look about, uh, if you look at Old Testament, Moses, what did he do? God gave him the Ten Commandments and said, hey, here, here's what I'm going to give you for your people. They gave them the Ten Commandments to, to guide them and uh, give them direction. 
So when Jesus is saying this, or when Paul's saying this, he says, you know, it's a free gift of righteousness. You just have to accept it, and that gift is Jesus Christ. But the gift of Jesus Christ has so many more gifts uh, built into it. Verse 18 says this, Therefore, one trespass led to condemnation for all men. So one act of righteousness leads to justification and a life for all men. For as one by one man's disobedience, there were many sinners. So by one man's obedience, the many have been made righteous. Verse 20 says this, Now the law came to increase the trespass, but there, when sinning, excuse me, but where sin increased, grace abounded even more, so that the sin reigned in death. Grace might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a lot to unpack there. That's a small amount of words, but it's a lot to process. So here's the thing is, Jesus said what I, I come to do. I have not come to abolish the law, but I have come to what? Fulfill the law. He's, I've come to make sure that all these rules and regulations. So it started with 10 and it ended up being like 600 and some different rules and regulations. How do you, in our mind, we can't figure it out, but God understands that when you give man religion, religion will say, I need to add this rule. And just in case they decide to kind of veer off and do it a little bit different, we're going to add this rule to it because it kind of graphs off from this. So, you know, if you don't do this, but you do it this way, then we have to have a law for that. You know, and then it's, you know, it's like uh, there's a law for speeding. But there's also a, a, a law for going slower than you should, too. So it's like, hey, you're going too fast, but don't go too slow. But kind of go in the middle. So it's like that was that's the kind of the way the law was. It's like you can't do this. You can't do this. But kind of keep it in the middle. So you're 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 good. Um, but Paul says, he goes, where the law was, sin increased. Trespasses increased. But where Jesus stepped in where grace stepped in it says where sin increased with the law jesus stepping in gave us grace to increase and so when we look at grace it's like okay what is grace grace is something that we are given that we don't deserve you ever been given something that you don't deserve yes you know a lot of people like to uh complain about you know driving. Well, I was only going five over the speed limit, and I, I just didn't deserve that ticket. And the officer's like, mm, I think you did. And that's the thing is like, where the law was there to say, you can't do this. Grace said, you can do this, but it's not going to be beneficial to you. But we're not going to, it's not going to be held against you eternally. Grace gives us the ability to sin, but not be held accountable for it. Don't get me wrong. And don't, I'm not saying you're not accountable for your sin. What I'm saying is this, is it's not eternally moving you away from God. So Paul says, I'm going to read this. Romans 6, 1 says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means, how can one who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ when we were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with his baptism in death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in the resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body, excuse me, that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin, for no no one who has died to sin can be not set free from sin. 
Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We now know that Christ, being raised from the dead, we will, he will never die and we will never die. Death no longer has dominion over him. For death, for the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives for God. So you may consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ Jesus. So, Paul saying, do we have grace so we continue? We can continue sinning. He says, by no means. He says, you have grace so that grace covers that sin. You don't go, well, you know, I got grace, and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep living the life. Well, I accepted Jesus. Now I got. Now that I know I got grace, it's kind of like my free pass to do whatever I want, and then be like, well, you know, thank you for covering me, and then not walking in the newness of life. So Paul's saying to these believers, hey, you've been born again. Your job is to not keep sinning, but to walk in grace, knowing that the sin that you have committed is now covered by the blood of Jesus. And saying, don't keep doing what you were doing. I don't think you can be born again and continue to live a lifestyle that you lived before once you've been born again. You may have moments of it as you grow and mature as a Christian, but you can't say, well, you know, 40 years from now, I'm still doing the same thing I was when I just got born again. You know, I was sinning before I got born again, and I was still doing it a little bit after, but, uh, you know, 40 years later, I'm still doing the same thing. How does that, it boggles my mind. We can't continue to do that. Paul said, don't, stop. Don't continue to sin because you have grace. Use the grace to cover the past sins and continue to move on and be alive in Christ. So, 1 John, or excuse me, John 1, 4 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory and the glory as of the Son of God, full of grace and truth. And then first, all right, John 1, 17 says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, for the law was given by Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Moses gave us a set of rules how to follow and, and follow God. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the ability to live in God. I'm not going to tell you what you can or cannot do, but I'm going to show you how to live and walk in newness of life, how to walk in Christ. So, you know, we talk about grace and we talk about truth, and we need to live in, in a, a unity of those. We, we need to walk in grace and live in truth. But I think what we, we're, we're seeing now is we're seeing this uh, weird... We, we're seeing an imbalance in our lives. And I'm not just saying all of us. I'm saying as Christians as a whole, we're seeing an imbalance. We have a lot of people, Christians and churches that love to speak the truth. They get focused on what is right and what is wrong. They get focused on calling out sin. And they think it's their job to judge what is right and wrong. And God said, you know, your, your job is to live in, in grace. We need to, uh, truth is, we need to have grace and truth. We need to understand when, when someone, if you're sinning and someone says to you, oh, it's okay, just keep doing what you're doing, you're God's best. And, you, and they direct you to keep doing what you're doing. What does that profit? What do, where does that lead them? Does it, does it give them... Does it bring them to repentance of, of what they've done if they don't know what they're doing and you just continue to give them the ability to, to do that? But 
do you go up to them and say, oh, you're a dirty sinner. God hates what you're doing. You need to repent. Otherwise, you're going to burn in the fire forever. That makes everybody just want to stop doing what they're doing, right? No, it doesn't. But I think too many, too many people like to, to, to walk in truth, but not the grace of God. You ever met the person who's like a self-anointed prophet from God on Facebook? And um, they like to judge and call out every little thing that they see, you know, and, and post things. I have a, a relative of mine who likes to, to um, you know, post on every post that I do until I blocked him from posting, blocked them from posting um, on my post because they, it was their job to call out everything that they, they thought was wrong and what, what was right and, and how these things. And I'm like, you know what? It's not your job. It's not our jobs to be the, uh, the Facebook prophet and call out people and, and tell them what's wrong, what's right. Our job is to walk in grace and truth. Here's the thing is I can tell certain people, hey, this is probably not right, but I can't go up to the stranger on the street and go, your life's not right. You need to turn right now because God, if you don't, you're going to spend eternity in hell. There's no, there's no connection between that person. They're going to think I'm somebody that just escaped from the mental ward and is running through the city tell, yelling at people. And it doesn't work well. We need less social media um, people calling out sin and more people that are extending the grace of God. But we also need less people that are willing to sweep that sin under the rug and say, oh, you know, it's just, you know, just keep living for God and you're just doing your best and, and don't worry about it and uh, too afraid to call out right and wrong. We need to be able to call out what is right and wrong, but do it in a loving way. We need to present the truth and say it in a loving way. Hey, this is not okay for you. This is not good for you. We love you and we want to help you go the right way. But we have too many people like, oh, that's just wrong. Or, oh, it's okay. God loves you. Yes, that's true. God loves everybody. Doesn't mean that he says their sin is okay. Doesn't mean that he says my sin is okay, that your sin is okay. He's saying that when we walk in grace and we walk in truth, what we're doing is this, is we're extending the grace of God to people. We're presenting the truth and saying, hey, that's probably dangerous for you. That is dangerous for your life, your family's life, your whatever it is. But we're extending grace to them, saying, let's walk you out of this. Let's give you the way to get out of this life. I think it's more dangerous to not say anything to someone who's living, living in sin than it is to be a little bit rude and blunt. I, I, both can be dangerous in an imbalance, but not saying anything and just pretending you know, sometimes it, it can be just as simple as, man, there's, God's got a better way for that. I heard, uh, I heard one um, preacher one time, I was, I was standing somewhere, and I overheard him talking. He's like, you know, he was talking to um, a couple, and I don't remember how old they were. I think they were in their 40s or 50s, and, and um, he was, they were living together. And he's like, you know what, God has better for that. God has a better way for you than just living together like that. God has a plan for that. And it was simple, but it was like, hmm, it made you think, okay? Instead of saying, you're wrong, you're going to 
burning the lake of fire, whatever, you know, people get on these soapboxes and want to do that from the corner of the street. He's just saying, hey, there's something better than what God, than what you're doing now. I think in every area of our life, there's always something better God has for us. God's grace is constantly extended to us because we constantly fail. Am I right? We always fail. Everything we do, we, uh, there could always be something better we could have done. In our lives, God's saying, hey, there's, you're going to walk in grace and you're going to walk in truth. But you have to have that balance. And, in our, and I see in, in church and in Christians these days, there's this imbalance. They want to speak the truth, but they don't want to speak it in love. They want grace, but they don't want anyone to confront sin. And we have to have that balance in our lives. You know, both these ide- um, ideas can be dangerous and we have to have that balance. The operation of grace can lead us to, um, can lead us to truth, but truth has to lead us to grace. I think a lot of times what happens is we have a permissive attitude on people's sin. If we, here's, I'm saying, if you know somebody and you don't have a relationship with them and you know they're sinning and you, and, but you don't have a close relationship with them, I don't think it's our job to walk up to them and be like, I know what you're doing. And it's not good, but God loves you. Very rarely will God tell you to do that. And if you keep doing that, you're probably not listening to God. So an imbalance of grace can lead us to a permissive attitude towards sin. Or a hyper-justice attitude towards um, truth. Truth is, I don't like the sin but mixed with grace is God doesn't like the sin. We don't like the sin, but God loves you and he has a better way for you. But what happens is we want to be like, oh, it's okay, honey. You just keep doing what you're doing. Or it's like God, you know, that guy that's screaming with the megaphone about how God hates this and he hates this and he hates this. I'm like, I think that God hates, when you listen to that person, it's like, I think God just hates everything. Like, you know, I don't understand. Like, there's a, there's a fine line between being psychopath and being filled with grace and truth. Like, it's like a quick, like, hey, I just tipped over the edge, and now I'm screaming on a corner with a bullhorn and telling you how much God hates you. And then there's that tipping point where it's like, all your sin's fine, just Jesus is love. And I'm like, okay. Like, we need to grow up. Like, we need to mature. We have to find a balance. My question to you is, is this, as a human being, if you don't find balance in your life, what happens? You don't hold down a job. You don't stay married. You don't have, there has to be a balance. And so there has to be a balance in our Christian walk of being crazy condemnation and hell and brimstone and, oh, it's okay. Find a big enough rug and we'll sweep your entire life under. So I was reading this article and it was by, um, a theologian, his name is J.C. Ryle, he said it this way, he says, this constant undivided union of two perfect natures of Christ's person is exactly that which gives infinite value to his mediation and qualifies him to be a mediator. He walked in a perfect balance of it. He said, hey, your sin is wrong, but go and sin no more. He said to the woman at the well, yeah, you've had multiple husbands and you've had boyfriends and you're living with a man now. But he said he worked it perfectly. He taught her, showed her what was going wrong with her life. He presented the truth to her, but he gave grace to her. 
And I think what happens is we want to present the truth and walk away and be like, ha, deal with that. Go find your own grace. It, it is. We like to speak the truth and then like love to speak it. And we just walk away. And I love that. That was so good. And I think as Christians, we, we, can, we can see this in our lives as, as we have older kids, the things that we did wrong. Sorry, we screwed you up big time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry for you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I'm, we, but here's the thing is, we see what we did wrong. We see that. Sarah and I talk about this all the time, what we did wrong. We're like, we have to, we have to talk about that. Because we have to compensate for that and say, okay, how, why do we do? We gave our kids too much, too cushy sometimes in their life. And we're like, we made them soft in certain areas. And I'm not saying being, you know, hard, I'm, I'm tough. But we, ha- we gave them too much leniency in certain areas. And they became codependent in certain areas. And it's like, mm, they weren't prepared for that because we didn't prepare them for that. So as Christians, we have to examine our own life, say, do I love just telling people the truth and walking away and be like, I love that. That was so much fun. I told them what, where, and how to go it. And, um, or do we like, oh, you know, come alongside them and just be that passive person in their life and say, it's okay. God still loves you. Yes, he does, but it's not okay. Like last night, my wife, I'm gonna, I love my wife, but she said something to me. And I looked at her and I said, that was mean. And she's like, yeah, it was. <laughs> and, but you know I just like I, I was like you don't need to say that to me she's like you're probably right I didn't but that, I'm like that was me and she's like yes it was and she repented to me there has to be a balance and I it, sometimes we have to call out and say hey that was mean or that was wrong but also say hey that was wrong but God loves you and let me show you a better way or God can give you a better way Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. As he sat on the cross. Suffering, beaten, bloody. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He was extending so much grace in that moment. But what did he do? He, he spoke the truth. Because they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't understand what they were doing. They were just fulfilling the job that they were called to do. Not as Roman soldiers, but what history and destiny wrote out was they were going to be doing that no matter what. They were going to crucify Christ. It could have been a different soldier, but that would have been the same scenario for any soldier that was in in that group of people. And so when we look at that, Jesus said, you know, Jesus walked in grace and he gave grace to people. You know what, I, I was listening to this um, talk earlier this week, and it was it was cool because Jesus would would have sinners come to him, and they would be like, "Heal me, heal me," and he'd heal them and send them out to say, "Go and sin no more." But what was really cool is the woman that had the issue of blood came up to him, and what what was it said about her? She was made whole. They were healed and went out. She was whole and went out. There's a difference between healed and whole. And Jesus knew how to extend that to certain people. He would say, this is who you are. This is how you're living. Go, be, here, you're healed. Go and sin no more. And there was other people, he, and the, the woman was like, he didn't heal her. 
she walked up to him and said, if I can touch. The faith was what uh, instilled that in her to do that. I, I can do this. I know that I can do this. And so once she grabbed that, that healing shot out. But it wasn't just healing. Jesus said, you've been whole. Wholeness is like, hmm, that's weird. When you think of healing, you think, oh, I'm healed. I'm, I'm, I'm better. But this woman was made whole. And he didn't say to her, go and sin no more. Because she knew that he was the Christ. She knew that he was the Son of God. And she's like, I believe in him. And I know if I touch his garment, that I'll be whole. But Jesus didn't say to her, oh, grace has been extended to you. He just said, you've been made whole. And, she moved, and there was nothing else. He didn't have to say, go and sin no more. She knew what was going on. And he knew exactly what was happening in that, that moment. He didn't know who it was at that moment, but he knew what was happening. So, find my place here. I lost it. So, grace is, is always something that we need to walk in. We need to carry that with us because we need to extend grace to people. There's times where you might be working with somebody or family and it's like, you know what, they're mean, rude, whatever, they have a bad day, and you just give them grace. But you, don't tell, you have to tell them the truth. Sometimes it's like, oh, you know, I'm just going to give them grace. They're having a bad day. They're struggling with something. I'm just going to give it to them. They, I'm going to one-off this. They can do it. But if it becomes a continual thing of, if it's like, okay, it's a one moment of, of, of a bad day, and it's a little bit abusive, it works off. You, oh, you know, they're just having a bad day. Move on. But if it's a continual habit, that's where the truth comes in. It's like, hey, that's not okay. That's not good. This is not, this is not how it's going to be but you still give them grace. You have to present the truth to them. You have to, if we don't present the truth to people who don't have a relationship with God, what are we doing? We're doing nothing for them. We're giving them this fake grace that God loves you and that everything's going to be okay while they're on their way to hell. Think about this. If you're driving down the road and you lose brakes and you hit the OnStar button and that nice lady goes, OnStar, this is Janice. How can I help you? And, and you're like, my brakes are going out. It'll be okay. Just, just, just keep driving. It'll be okay. Um, well, can somebody help me? Oh, honey, you got this. It'll be fine. Just keep going. It'll be fine. Oh, I, I, my back brakes are gone now. I don't, it's just squishing to the floor. It'll be okay. You'll come to a stop eventually. It'll be good. And then as soon as you do stop, we'll get somebody out there to help you. No. You'd be like, what did I pay for this service for? This is like, like, and she's like, it's okay. There's a cliff coming up at about 200 feet. You'll be fine after that. It's just, the car will stop. But that's what we do when we don't give the truth to people who don't have God. It's okay. Your car's just going to end in 200 feet and it'll be okay. You don't have, you don't need, you know, if I was on the phone, I'd be like, listen here. I lost my brakes and you need to help me. But it'll be okay. That's what we're doing by doing this to people who don't know Jesus is we're whitewashing their sin and and throwing it under the um, rug and saying, oh, it's okay. Jesus loves you. We're just going to whitewash it for you so it looks okay. No, we have to present that to you. If I called OnStar, they said that, I'd be like, can I talk to somebody else? Like somebody that can give me an answer to what is going on, how to stop this vehicle. But we do that and they're on their way to over the cliff, and they're like, well, you know, it's going to be fine, and we'll have someone to tow you out there in about 20 minutes. 
I want somebody that's going to show me how to stop the vehicle from going over the cliff. I don't want to die. We were in Utah a couple years ago, and we were driving at 9,000 feet with a, 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 a Tahoe. And literally, there's no, there's no guardrails. It's just a little bit of dirt, and then it's down. And so we're literally, I drove too, but um, Sarah's driving, I'm, and she's like, watch the edge for me. So I got my head out the window, and, and we're literally, I'm like, yeah. So I'm like literally looking, I'm like, uh, over to the left, left, left. And we're, we're talking two-lane roads that shouldn't be two-lane roads. They're like a, a, a lane and a third. And um, so it's, but that's the thing is like, do we tell people, oh, it's okay. Just take a right a little bit. Just get your wheel to the right a little bit. And then you're going down 6,000 feet into the valley. That is hyper grace saying, oh, it's okay. We just ignore the issues. We're going to ignore that your brakes don't work and you're going to go over the edge. Or do we say, slam your car in park to do something. Do we give them a way out of that situation or we just keep talking to them? Are you still there? OnStar, this is Janice. Are you still there? Um, I think they hung up. But why do we do that? Why do we, we present only grace to somebody whose life is getting ready to go over the cliff, but we don't give them a moment of truth that might turn their car around? that might be able to slam the brakes on it before they go through it. So I was reading a little article and it said, hate sin, but love the sinner. I mean, we, we hear that phrase all the time. No one did it like Jesus, though. Yeah. Jesus could love people that were literally demon-possessed come running at him, and he's just like, I love you. It doesn't matter what happened. I'm going to show you the way out. I'm going to give you a a new start. I'm going to give you a new way. Because here's the thing is, he loved them enough to tell them the truth. The woman at the well, he loved her enough to tell her the truth. I I don't think in our culture sometimes we could do that. Well, well, we know the past relationships, but I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to to offend anybody. This grace grace is is a, a... thing that we need to extend, but we walk into this, I don't want to offend anybody culture, and what happens is the church becomes washed out, and we start to just, like, we, oh, there's a hole in the wall, we'll just put a piece of paper over it, it's okay, we're just gonna, we're just gonna pretend it's not there. Jesus said in John 8, uh, 8, 11, excuse me, then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and leave your life of sin. Truth is, we have too many people that like to stand on the corner and speak truth. And it turns actually into condemnation. Because they scream at people with a megaphone, you know, this is the way to hell, God is doing this. God, you know, the great science that says God hates this. You know, all those great, really really loving the love of Christ signs that says God hates this, 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 and this. And doesn't give them an option of the love of God can change your life. So when people think about God, they think, oh, yeah, that moron out on the street with the sign that says God hates this, this, and this. And then they're like, well, I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to even know about God because all I hear is that God hates me. 
Jesus said, I know your sin, but go and don't live a life of sin anymore. I think we need to live that way. Neither do I condemn you, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I think when we tell people the truth, there needs to be so much grace mixed in with it that it's, it, it's kind of like a truth sandwich. You got, you got grace, truth, grace. And it needs to just be wrapped up. With, we can tell people the truth and do it in a loving way that they, we're not driving them and saying, oh yeah, just put your foot on the gas pedal. It'll go, go farther this way and then they go off a cliff. Grace attempts to soften the gospel. And the gospel can't be softened. We try to wash it, uh, wash it um, out, water it down. Uh, we'll just add a little bit of this to it to make it sound good. You know, um, you guys all know, most of you guys know the evangelist Todd White. He actually repented it a couple years ago, or about a year ago, and he said, I have watered down the gospel. I've talked about grace so much that I forgot to talk about heaven and hell. I forgot to talk about salvation. I wanted to talk about how God loves you and that he heals you and he'll take care of you. But I forgot to talk about that, you know what? There is a place that people will go if they don't accept Jesus. And he repented for that because we get so focused. If, if we get so focused on one or the other, it's going to cause people to f- fall. We have to present God in a loving way that he loves people and that he died for their sins, and they need to repent from their sins, but do it in a way that we're not like, well, you know, you know, you get too many uh, TV pastors like, oh, you're just, God's got the great things for you, and we talk about it. It's like, yes, God has good things for you, but one of the greatest things he has for you is repentance of sin and salvation, and we spend so much time talking about, oh, God is good, God is love. Yes, he is, but he has, there's a prerequisite to a relationship with God, and that is salvation. You know, we either attempt to soften the gospel, you know, minimizing sin, but sometimes we just try to, or it's, we offend everybody. We have to find balance. We have to find a balance of walking in grace and loving people and extending the truth to them and giving them the truth sometimes when they don't want to hear it. So when we offend everyone, we declare the truth without grace. When we offend nobody, we water down what God has done for us and what Jesus did on the cross. Paul said, do we keep on sinning and just make his grace cheap? No, we don't. We Think about it. He extended his grace to us, gave us that because of his salvation or salvation because of his death, burial and resurrection. And if we keep on sinning, what do we do? Oh, yeah, I know I can keep doing this because God's got me covered. God's got me covered. His grace is sufficient for me. You know, we try to use all these verses to cover sin. And it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to keep doing this because all I have to do is repent. Paul says, don't keep on sinning. Don't cheapen his grace. Use his grace the way it was designed to cover the sin that we do, but not like, well, I'm just going to live a lifestyle of it and go to church on Sunday and then repent and feel good about myself when we worship and then I'll go home and then Monday morning when I get back up, I'm just going to do it all over again because it's okay because I got the grace of God. You 
John 1.14 says Jesus came full of grace and full of truth. We can't choose between them. There's sometimes in our lives where we want to tell people the truth, but we have to give them grace. And there's other times where, man, I don't really want to confront this person. I don't really want to deal with this, but we have to tell them the truth. You know, it's like the bridge is out. Do we tell anybody? Oh, oh, there's a sign that says bridge is out, but it's kind of in my way and it's kind of just bright and orange and I, it, do, it doesn't go with the, the trees and the scenery. So I'm just going to move it out of the way. But the bridge is out. It's like two people standing there. Oh, that sign's kind of tacky looking. I don't really want it there. The guy's like, but the bridge is out. Yeah, but it's kind of tacky and I don't want to offend people with that color. So we're just going to move the sign out of the way so people don't get offended by it. But the bridge is out. But yeah, but I just don't want to, I don't want to, you know, it's kind of in their way. We don't want to really, you know, but the bridge is out. Or it's, hey, the bridge is out. You need to go down there. Really go, good view. Just full speed. Keep doing it. You're going to love it. See you in a while. But think about it. it, it it's the it's truth. Would you just move the sign that says the bridge is out? You know, oh, there's six cones, a flashing sign, or, uh, the big uh, thing. Oh, there's a big cement pillar. We're just going to pull it all away because it might be offensive to somebody. But the bridge is out. We have to find that balance. We have to look and say, how do I speak the truth in love? Not love to speak the truth. A lot of Christians get that way with love to speak the truth. I'm like, oh, I told them. You know, we plan out how to speak the truth without love. I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to say this if they say this, and then I'm going to say this and this, and how I'm going to respond back to them the right, I'm not going to respond back to them the right way. I'm going to argue with them. And tell them that they're wrong because I'm right, because I'm speaking the truth. You can speak the word of God and still be wrong about speaking the word of God because you're not doing it in a loving way. Oh, well, says that if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to burn in hell. I had some stupid kid, like, this is what it's going to feel like, hold a lighter to another kid's hand. I'm like, you're stupid. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Like, you have to have grace. You have to have tact. Please have tact when you talk to people about Jesus. Don't be like, hey, give me your hand. You know, get the torch out and be like, hey, this is what it's going to feel like, but 10,000 times worse. You know, like, you can't do that. You have to give them the truth. Present the truth in a way that they can understand it, but give them grace when you do that. Because people far from God most of the time don't realize that they are that far from God. But they're really not that far from God. They think they're like this far and it's only like that. And he's still like, they just don't hear that knock. Give them the tools, speak the truth in love, and show them how to hear the voice and open that door. Yes. Don't get into the crazy ideas that I have, to, oh, I have to speak the truth. I have to keep telling them the truth, telling them the truth. No, you know what? Most, after you've told the person the truth about the third time, they don't care. parents you ever tell your kid the same thing over and over and over do you think they care no they don't care because you've told it to them a couple times and they're like yeah it's worked for me so far and when we speak the truth without bringing love and grace into it 
They're like, my life's been working for me. Why do I need God? Because you just keep telling me the same old stupid stuff that I, and I, nothing's changed in my life and it seems to be okay. So why do I need to change? Present the gospel in a way that they will understand it. Talk to them and not be condescending. I think so many Christians, we come in condescending. Well, you know, Jesus said this and Jesus said that and blah, blah, blah. Gospel, gospel, Jesus, Bible, God. And they're like, what are you talking about? We got to quit trying to beat people up with the word of God and start to extend them grace, but speak to them in a, in a way that will present the truth to them. All right. So I'm going to leave you with this. Truth demands justice, but forgiveness is grace in action. Truth demands justice, but forgiveness is grace in action. Here's the thing is, our sin demanded justice, but God's forgiveness was his grace given to us, freely given, without merit, without action, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That while we were never even generations back, before our last names even came into existence, before our great-great-grandparents even came into existence, Christ died for us, for the forgiveness of the sins that we wouldn't have even committed yet. Ten years from now, that, that sin you're going to commit, God's like, I got that covered. I'm going to die for it now. His grace was forgiveness in action. Let's pray.